Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mahai City right here in Denver, Colorado. And I will say this, it has been a very chilly Denver, Colorado this week. I know they're saying it's fall. It feels a little bit more like winter here in Denver. Hey, happy Wednesday to you. I hope that your week is off to a great start. Hopefully we can help you get through your Wednesday and make it over to another weekend. We are glad to have you here with us today, and we'd like to wish you a very early happy Halloween. Yes, tomorrow, folks, is Halloween, and very soon the kids will be going door-to-door. They will be looking for candy. The adults, of course, will be stealing the candy, eating it themselves, you know, It's kind of funny, at least here in Colorado. People here in Colorado, they're saying it on the news. They're saying it in a number of different public platforms. But people here in Colorado are being told to check their kids' candy for THC products. I mean, here in Colorado, we all know marijuana is legal. So people here are acting like adults are going to go hit the dispensaries hard and then, what, hand it out to children, I guess? I don't know that that's really going to happen. Okay, couple thoughts on this. First off, hey adults, I mean, come on, be cool. I'm just going to tell you this one time, stay off the drugs. I'm joking, I'm joking, of course. Second, do you know how expensive that stuff is? Like, I know for years, all the marijuana people, all the pot people, like they were really, really pushing for legalization, but now that it's all legal and they're jacking the prices up and they're taxing the heck out of it. They have to be looking around like, dude, that used to be like five bucks. That's like $20 now. Like inflation is hitting pot here in Colorado hard. Do you really think that local people are just going to go buy all their Halloween candy at the dispensary? Yeah, I'm sure the locals were looking to spend like $500 on Halloween candy this year instead of the usual eight bucks on like a bag of Butterfingers. Slow down, everyone. I don't think anyone's going to be handing out any edibles this year for Halloween. You know, it seems like every year on The Dose we kind of do this, but when you think about Halloween, you think of, you know, like scary people or scary things. You think of maybe the horror movies or that kind of thing, but we talk about it here on The Dose. Who are some of the scariest people that you think of in the history of sports? Because there are a ton of people to choose from in the world of sports. As far as just being scary people, someone that would intimidate you. I mean, say you start in like hockey and there have been some really, really scary, scary guys in hockey. I mean, obviously someone like Wayne Gretzky would scare you because he was without a doubt going to score on you. So that was scary. 
Mario Lemieux was going to score on you. And he was also a really big, strong guy. He wasn't the quick, fast, elusive kind of guy like Gretzky. Mario Lemieux was a big physical guy as well. But then you had someone like Gordie Howe, who could scare you with his scoring. Oh, and also he could punch you in the mouth too. There have been a lot of scary guys in hockey. And that's not even counting like the goons that just came out to knock your teeth out. That's not counting those guys. They were scary in their own right. When we switch over to like scary players in baseball, I always think of like the pitchers. The pitchers that just intimidated hitters. Had hitters in the box like, I'm kind of looking at this out of the corner of my eye because I am scared to death. And one guy that always comes to mind as scary in Major League Baseball is Randy Johnson. Because Randy Johnson, I mean, he was so big. He threw so hard. He had those long arms. They were so long, it felt like he was almost handing the ball to the catcher by the time he threw it. He threw some serious heat at you. And then, I mean, he had that giant Adam's apple staring at you from underneath that big snot mop mustache. Dude was absolutely terrifying. You could see batters get in the box against Randy Johnson and just like, I I don't even care. I don't want to hit this ball. I don't even care if I hit this ball. Get me out of here. I don't want to be here. But the guy that had to scare you as a batter even more than Randy Johnson had to be Nolan Ryan. Because Nolan Ryan was just a tough country boy that could throw 100 miles an hour and he just might put it in your ear. Oh, and by the way, if you didn't like him putting it in your ear, feel free to charge the mound because he would be only too happy to punch you in the face a few times. He could do that too. Yeah, Nolan Ryan was a scary, scary guy if you saw him on the mound. Now, I've told you before, I don't look at too many basketball players as being these crazy tough guys. Basketball players have usually been the biggest guys all through their life, so they haven't been in that many fights. Not too many people challenge them. But there are some basketball players that have scared their opponents. Now, obviously, the scores the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, the Wilt Chamberlains, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbars, they scared you in a different way because they could just absolutely light you up on any given night. But there were some other players that would scare you. Now, I'll say this. In college, Patrick Ewing was scary to opponents, especially when he was at Georgetown. People were scared to death to go into the paint against Patrick Ewing. And don't forget, it wasn't just him. Those Georgetown teams, they were some tough dudes. I mean, Reggie Williams... David Wingate, they would punch you in the mouth. Ask Pearl Washington. But then, when you get onto the NBA, I mean, you did have a few tough guys that wouldn't mind fighting. Larry Bird, he'd fight. He didn't care. Charles Oakley was a pretty tough guy. He was basically Michael Jordan's bodyguard. You didn't push around Oak. He was a tough dude. We've talked about guys like Alvin Robertson or Willis Reed or Maurice Lucas. Those guys were legitimately scary. You didn't mess with them. For Halloween, those are some scary guys. And we've had a few scary players in pro football, of course. But again, you have like some different types of scary. If it was late in the game, or if it was tied, or you had a slight lead late in the game, I mean, opposing defenses were scared to death to see quarterbacks like Joe Montana, or Roger Staubach, or John Elway, and of course, today, Tom Brady, because they were going to rip your heart out. No question about it. You also have those wide receivers that could get behind you and beat you deep, they were really scary. Hey, Randy Moss kept a lot of defensive coordinators up late at night. So did Jerry Rice. So did someone like Don Hudson. And there were some running backs that were really scary because they could flat out run you over and embarrass you in front of everyone. 
Bo Jackson, he didn't mind stepping on your chest on his way to going 80 yards. He could run past you. He could run through you. Walter Payton, he loved to dish out punishment as a runner. Earl Campbell, he was bigger than most defenders. And Jim Brown, I mean, he looked like a man playing against little boys. Those guys were legitimately scary for defenders. And I'll throw one other guy in there because I have heard guys like a pretty tough guy himself, John Lynch, talk about how he couldn't sleep on nights before he had to face Barry Sanders because Barry Sanders could just make you look so bad. He could just embarrass you and turn you around in knots. You want to talk about ghosting someone? Barry was there one second and gone the next and you had nightmares about being left there trying to tackle error. But if we are talking about the scariest people in NFL history, it has to be the guys that were legitimately trying to cause you physical harm. Hey, Lawrence Taylor, he didn't care about you. He wanted to hurt you. So did Deacon Jones and Joe Green. They wanted to break your quarterback in half. Jack Lambert and Dick Butkus, they didn't just try to tackle you. They tried to make you afraid to run the ball again. And then we reach the assassins. You know who I'm talking about. Those defensive backs that made a living off of trying to intimidate your wide receivers by, how else can we say this, just giving them CTE. Jack Tatum used to count the number of receivers he knocked unconscious. Ronnie Lott, he had zero concern for his own body, and he looked to devastate yours. Steve Atwater, John Lynch, guy we just talked about, Dick Knight Train Lane, they tried to literally hit your receiver so hard that they would be afraid to come make another catch. Finally, we get to the fight game, where we have seen some really, really scary people. Hey, John Bones Jones in UFC, he's scary because not only is he really, really talented, but also because, I mean, God knows what substance he has in his system. It might be cocaine. It might be PCP. Who knows? Roberto Duran hit like a load of bricks. Muhammad Ali was one of the best ever and Ray Robinson might have been the most talented fighter ever. Marvin Hagler was a warrior. He never came into the ring out of shape. He was going to outlast you. You knew you were going to have to go the distance if you fought Marvin Hagler. But the guy that always comes to mind when you think of scary, and when you think of intimidation, is who else? Iron Mike Tyson. Now, there are a few reasons why Mike Tyson was so scary. One, he was crazy. I mean, let's call it what it is. You can try to make it politically correct or whatever, Mike was nuts. When he dropped the, I want to eat your children, praise be to Allah, we all said, oh, okay, well, my man might be a few clowns short of a circus, but then there was also the fact that, I mean, Mike walked into the ring with the towel cut, no socks, he tried to stare through your soul when the ref went over the pre-fight rules, and it was pretty intimidating. Now, to be fair, Mike did also fight a number of guys that had no business being in the ring with him. Pinklin Thomas, Peter McNeely, even Michael Spinks. They were scared to death from the time they entered the arena. But then Mike Tyson did have that raw punching power. He wasn't a great fighter. I won't put him in there, but he could rip your head off. If you weren't careful, he would put you to sleep very, very early. And there were a lot of guys that were scared to death that he was going to embarrass him. And fear was a weapon that Tyson used for most of his career. When you think of the guys that did finally beat him, they were the guys that weren't afraid of him. Evander Holyfield, 
Buster Douglas, Lennox Lewis, they bullied Tyson right back. They weren't scared of him. But make no mistake, Mike Tyson was a boogeyman for a number of people for a few years there. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, maybe tell us who you think the scariest athlete ever is. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports. Maybe you've got some feedback for the show. Maybe you have a suggestion or a subject that you would like us to cover. Maybe you need a little advice. We would love to hear what you have to say. Reach out to us. We'll always take the time to get you an answer. We just might end up using it on the show. Also, be sure you stop by tpublic.com and pick up some Daily Dose gear. We have a couple different logos over there so that you can pick some different gear. We've got a couple of different items over there. Maybe you want a hoodie. Maybe you want a sweatshirt. Maybe you want a t-shirt. Maybe you want some coffee mugs. Maybe you want to go get some holiday shopping done just a little bit early. Head over to tpublic.com, search Daily Dose, and scroll down till you see our logo. You will find a number of items that are going to take care of exactly what you need for the holidays. Hey, today on the show, we do have a few breaking news stories we want to take a look at. But then, we are actually going to be sticking to some scary things today in honor of Halloween tomorrow. We are figuring out who the top teams in the NBA college football, and the NFL are as the season progresses, right? But what should each of those teams be afraid of? Got a few thoughts on that. Plus, we will have a very spooky Daily Dose Top 5 for you today as well. Got a number of things to get to today on The Dose. But first, let's take a look at a few sports news stories that have come out this week. And where else can we start off except for with that World Series Game 6 last night? You know, last week on The Dose... We were coming off of Game 1 of the 2019 World Series where the Washington Nationals had managed to hold off the Houston Nationals 5-4. And I said last week, I just hope the series would continue to be that good. Well, the games haven't actually been all that close, but it has been a wildly unpredictable series at least. After losing the first two games in their own ballpark, the Houston Astros came back. They win the next three games. So game six was last night in Houston with the Washington Nationals now on the brink of elimination after they had won those first two games on the road. But Nats starting pitcher Steven Strasburg outduels Justin Verlander last night and the Nationals win game six, seven to two. They live to fight another day. And now this crazy series is headed for a game seven tonight in Houston. And you know, this World Series Just when we think we kind of have it figured out, it seems like it switches up on us. I mean, the first two games come along, we're looking and saying, hey, the Washington Nationals, they're going to win this thing. And then we see the next three games come on, and we're looking at it saying, okay, well, Houston's going to close this out in game six, and now it's going to game seven. I don't have any idea what's going to happen. I don't know that it's been a great series, but it's been very unpredictable, and it has been at least entertaining. But you know what? As we go into Game 7 tonight, I'll be very honest with you. I don't know that I'm really looking for a close game, because like I said, we really haven't had that many close games. I am just hoping that tonight's Game 7 has no controversy as far as the Major League Baseball umpires are concerned. Hey, they haven't had a good series. I know that like in the NFL, we're asking the referees to do way too much. There's no way they can see that giant field. They can see all of the little intricacies that go on within a National Football League game. There are just too many things to see, and we're asking them to see more and more and more. That's not really the case 
in Major League Baseball. We don't ask Major League Baseball umpires to do that much. I mean, have like a reasonable strike zone, you know, call a few base running plays here or there, but we keep seeing them botch calls again and again. And last night was another example as they screwed up that Trey Turner call in the seventh inning. They said he was outside of the base, but I don't even understand what they're calling. They called that base running interference last night. It made no sense whatsoever. Like I said, this World Series hasn't had great games, but it has been a very interesting series just to see which team is going to come out and make the clutch plays. I just hope tonight in Game 7, we don't end up remembering this series for the wrong reason. Please don't let it come down to a bad call by these umpires because they have had a really, really rough World Series. Entertaining series, not a great series. Tonight should be fun, though. The Washington Nationals will put Max Scherzer on the mound. They say he is healthy to go. And the Houston Astros will have Zach Granke on the mound. We know how good he was in Game 3. We'll see who ends up coming out on top tonight. Speaking of how unpredictable this World Series has been, Major League Baseball has indefinitely banned two women who flashed their chests on television during the seventh inning of Game 5 of this World Series on Sunday night. Major League Baseball spokesman Michael Tevan told USA Today Sports that the league has distributed a letter to the individuals in question, and the letter set for an indefinite ban for each. The league's letter informed the women that they had violated the league's code of fan conduct by exposing themselves to promote a business. Now, the women identified as Shag Mag founder Julia Rose and company brand executive Lauren Summer, they claim on social media that they are actually promoting breast cancer awareness through the stunt. They even say they are trying to raise money to help some other women out there who are going through breast cancer. Both Rose and Summer shared their ban letters signed by Major League Baseball Vice President for Security and Ballpark Operations David Thomas. They shared those over Twitter. The women were actually wearing yellow shirts they were sitting just a few rows from the field behind home plate on Sunday night during an at-bat between Astros ace Garrett Cole and Nationals first baseman Ryan Zimmerman. And then they raised up the shirts and everything kind of went sideways. Now, when you hear this story, first thing you think of is, hey, you know, these women trying to do whatever, trying to raise their brand, trying to get some things going, whatever. And of course, the first thing I think of is only baseball could do this right? Only baseball could do something particularly like this. I mean, finally, baseball was getting interesting and they put the kibosh on it because I know baseball has been on since like January. Who really cared that much to tune in? And then you heard about this. You're like, oh, maybe we better switch over. Like I was in the middle of watching Sunday night football and I heard about this. I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll take in a few minutes of the World Series. I I don't know. I know the NFL's on. Chiefs and Packers were on, but maybe I'm going to turn over. The one thing I'm glad we didn't get, I'm glad we didn't get Joe Buck condemning this. Like, oh, this is the worst atrocity. I'm so sorry that you all had to witness that. That was so terrible. Like, the announcers didn't really notice. It was just kind of in the background. Nobody really saw anything. But imagine if we'd gotten that and Joe Buck was, like, condemning the whole situation. Like, dude, we're watching Fox. I mean, you're a network that has been built around, like, police chases and nonsense, that's not the worst thing we're going to see on your network. But only baseball would take the fun out of this. I mean, 
You want to get people to watch? You want to drum up some business for your sport? Make this mandatory behind every home plate, and you'll probably actually get some people watching. One other story we should touch on, and that is over in the NCAA, where the NCAA's top decision makers voted unanimously yesterday to allow college athletes to begin to profit from their names, images, and likenesses in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. That's what they say. The board directed the three separate divisions of college sports to immediately begin figuring out how to update their rules in a way that maintains a distinction between college and professional sports. The board member said in a release on Tuesday that all changes should make sure student athletes have the same opportunities to make money as all other students. They should maintain a priority of the education and the collegiate experience and that rules be transparent, focused, and enforceable and do not create a competitive imbalance. The board says they want each division to implement new rules by January of 2021. So in just a little bit over a year. Now, doesn't this kind of feel a little bit like when someone gets fired, like there's a big blow up and they get fired and then they go, oh yeah, well I quit. It kind of feels like that. It sounds like these states were going to legalize this anyways. So then the NCAA is like, well, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to say it's okay. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Like it was happening. It made no difference what you said. Everyone was going to go ahead and do it anyways. But hey, thanks for giving us your so-called blessing when we were going to do it anyhow. I do think it is kind of funny though that now we have people thinking every single NCAA player is suddenly just going to be getting paid. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, think about that. If you're like the backup guard at Fresno State Do you really think you're getting paid? Because I've got some bad news for you. You're probably not getting anything. I think this is probably going to be for the like one, two, maybe 3%. Nobody else is going to get any money. But I do think that this whole situation with the NCAA, it begs the most important question that we could possibly have out there. Can we please get NCAA video games back? I miss my NCAA football and my NCAA basketball. Come on. Bring that back. Make this happen. Now that they're going to get paid, I think that is finally a possibility. Coming back, we have a pretty good idea of who the top teams are in the NFL and in college football and in the NBA. I mean, that's developing. We're kind of trying to figure that out. But what should those teams be afraid of this Halloween? We have some scary things for each of those teams. We're going to talk about them when we get back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So this week on The Dose, we were actually going to take a look 
at some teams that might be starting to panic so far this season. But in honor of Halloween, I wanted to change that up just a little bit. I wanted to take a look at some of the top teams in the NBA, the NFL, and in college football. And I'm talking about the teams right now that look like they might be the best teams. But even though they look like the strongest teams out there, they do still have some fears, right? They still have things that could ruin their season. Let's take a look at what some of the top teams out there have to fear. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. No, that's actually not true at all. Today on the Daily Dose, we will prove that you have more to fear than just fear itself. Some of these teams out there have some very, very real fears. And let's start off in the NBA. And I know the season just got started. No, we haven't really previewed the season quite yet. But we know the teams, at least so far, that are being told to us are the best teams in the league already, right? I mean, they're already telling us, here are the top teams in the NBA. And you can kind of look around and say, well, yeah. I mean, maybe a couple teams will flex in and out of that. But these are probably at least the teams early on to keep an eye on. One brief side note, by the way, it has been a while since the NBA actually seemed this wide open, hasn't it? I mean, for the past five to 10 years, We've had a pretty good idea of who the top one or maybe two teams in the NBA were going to be. It was the Warriors. It was the Cavs. It was the Miami Heat. Like we already knew who the teams were going to be this year. Like I think we know some of the top teams out there, but I do think this is one of the more intriguing years that we have had lately in the NBA. And I do think that's a good thing. It should be a really fun season in the NBA as long as China allows it to take place. Okay, if we are talking about the top team in the league so far, I think we have to start with the Los Angeles Clippers. As insane as that actually sounds to say out loud, the Clippers already had a good young nucleus of players, and then they went out and they added Kawhi Leonard and they added Paul George, and this team now has some pretty serious firepower. I mean, Kawhi looks like the best player in the league. Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell... They play so well together, and they are so dangerous together. Patrick Beverly is a pain. He can be a pain for you on the defensive end of the floor. And Paul George isn't even playing yet. But the Clippers have already beaten the Lakers and the Warriors quite easily. Hey, this team could be really good by the time everyone is healthy. By the time spring rolls around, I don't know. The Clippers might be the team to beat. So what could they possibly have to be afraid of? Well, they still have a few things. For one, we still haven't seen Paul George on the floor yet. And you might sit there and say, well, that's advantage Clippers. But it might take a while for everyone to adjust to each other and to learn their roles within the team concept. Once Paul George gets back, that can affect minutes. That can affect shots. Things are going to change when Paul George does come back. And Paul George hasn't exactly been known for all of the winning he's done, so that's going to take some adjustment. They also need to be very, very afraid of someone, especially those top guys getting injured. This team has a little bit of depth, but the Clippers don't have that much depth. If Kawhi or Paul George go down, if Lou Williams or Montrez Harrell go down, it could mean some pretty big trouble. And we know Kawhi and Paul George both have some pretty serious injury history. That's not outside the realm of possibilities. So, We know the Clippers are probably going to be resting players all year. Now, that could mean they end up having to go on the road in the postseason. It's a little bit scary, too. One other thing, and I know it's really, really early. I don't want to jump on this too hard, but 
the Clippers might want to firm up that defense a little bit. And I know that sounds crazy on a team that has Kawhi and has Patrick Beverly, but the Clippers are giving up 120 points per game. That's going to be a problem if it continues. The Clippers look like the top team right now, but they still have some things to be afraid of out there. Now, if I look at the top team over in the NBA Eastern Conference, I'd probably go with the Milwaukee Bucks. They have Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the top players in the league, and he has some help around him. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Wesley Matthews, Eric Bledsoe. The Bucks have a pretty solid roster. I think they're probably the best team in the East. So what could possibly go wrong for the Bucks? What could they possibly be afraid of? Well, that slow, walk it up, dump it into the post offense. Yeah, it's not always that effective. And they had better start getting some more movement out of it because it will come back and bite them. Last year in the playoffs, the Bucks looked like, hey, they might be a legitimate championship contender. And then we got into the postseason and opponents said, well, we're just going to pack the paint and you're going to have to prove you can shoot it from outside. Yeah, that didn't go so well for Milwaukee. So this year, they went out and they got Wesley Matthews. They picked up Kyle Korver to knock down some perimeter shots. Okay. Problem solved, right? Not exactly. Those two should help, don't get me wrong. But if you don't force teams to locate shooters, if you don't get some player movement, if you don't get some ball movement so the defense is having to scramble and find Kyle Korver, because Kyle Korver isn't freeing up his own shot anytime soon. You need to get these guys open looks. If you don't do that without a little bit better offense, you're going to have some problems. Those outside shots aren't just going to be perimeter shots. They're going to be perimeter contested shots and your percentages are going to drop. That's just math. That's just stats. We know that's going to happen. If you put a hand in a shooter's face, his statistics go down. And you know, for the record, it would also probably help at least a little if Giannis could maybe, I don't know, knock down a shot or two outside of like four or five feet. Oh, and by the way, free throws in particular would really, really help. Milwaukee has a fear, and that bad offense could be something they should be very, very afraid of. We're going to go back to the West for our third team, and we're going to look at another one of the favorites out West, and again, we're going to go back to the city of Los Angeles, where the Los Angeles Lakers are one of the big favorites. LeBron James needed some help after failing to miss the playoffs again, so the Lakers made some big moves. They went out and they got Anthony Davis to give them some scoring and some defense in the paint. Then they went and got Danny Green to knock down some outside shots. Hey, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are two of the top, what, probably six or seven players in the NBA, right? The Lakers should definitely be a contender. So what in the world would they have to fear? Actually, they've got a number of things. First and foremost, the health of both Davis and LeBron, you've got to watch those like a hawk. Because if one of them goes down, the Lakers could actually go back to where they were a year ago. And that wasn't good. They also still don't really have a point guard. Even though I know LeBron wants to play point guard. Hey, that might work in cases. But that's a lot of work for a guy that already has a ton of miles on his body. Having to bring that ball up every single time doesn't sound like much until someone comes up and pressures you. Especially someone with a small, quick guard that can give you a fit. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of wear and tear on LeBron. I don't think it's going to work long term. You're going to have to have someone come in and run the point. And then I would have to be very afraid of that supporting cast. Remember this. And when I say this, it's going to sound insane. Remember 
that the Lakers need big things out of guys like Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard. I mean, again, consider that for a minute. I mean, I've already seen LeBron James make that face this year. Do you know the face I'm talking about? Remember the face he made when he looked at J.R. Smith for running out the clock in the finals? He has already made that face looking at his teammates like, why aren't you better? You're supposed to be better this year. Make that face too often, and this team is going to go south real, real fast. Also, I know they have Danny Green, but I'm not sure this team can shoot consistently from outside aside from Green, and teams will start to locate him. That's another thing to be afraid of. Lakers got a few things. They should be a little bit nervous about this season. One final team in the NBA, at least right now, that is being considered as a favorite, and that would be out east with the Philadelphia 76ers. They lost Jimmy Butler, but they picked up glue guy Al Horford. No, he's not talented, but he brings a lot to the table, especially chemistry-wise, because you're going to team him up with young guys like Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris in the front court. That could help them a lot. Ben Simmons is extremely dangerous. I mean, aside from the outside shooting, Ben Simmons can do everything else except the shooting. He can really, really finish well around the basket. And the Sixers did get a taste of success last year in the playoffs. I mean, you'd have to think. After losing the way they did to Toronto, they might want a little bit more this year. But there are some fears for the 76ers team. And here's the biggest one I see. In a tight game, who gets the ball? You can say Ben Simmons, but I mean, teams are going to pack the paint and make him prove he can shoot, and we know he doesn't like to do that. And you can also say, well, Joel Embiid, obviously, but he is dependent upon other guys to get him the ball. Now, that can be a problem in a tight game because sometimes you need a ball handler to be the guy. You know, a guy like Jimmy Butler, he was a ball handler, and he also wanted to take the last shot. Now, I know it seems like no one likes playing with Jimmy Butler, but he wasn't afraid of those things, and he was a ball handler that could take those shots. And then we do also know that Joel Embiid struggles to stay healthy, it seems like, every single year. So the Sixers do have to be afraid of that every single day. Hey, like I said, I think the NBA is going to be very, very fun to watch this year, and I think it's wide open because even the top four teams, as we've just talked about, they've still got some flaws they've got to be a little bit worried about. Let's move over to college football. And college football... Saw a few upsets over the weekend. We saw number five, Oklahoma, get knocked off by Kansas State. They gave up 50 points to Kansas State. And then Michigan pounds number eight, Notre Dame. Who saw that one coming? And we have some huge games coming up over the next few weeks. Games that are absolutely going to shape the college football playoff without a doubt. We basically have playoff games coming in the next few weeks. So which top teams still have some things to be afraid of this Halloween. Let's start off with the team, and I realize there might be teams ranked ahead of them in the actual polls and the rankings, but if I am ranking the top teams in college football, I'm sorry, but right now, I'm putting the Louisiana State Tigers at the top. Do you realize LSU has now beaten three top 10 ranked teams on their schedule, and for a change, LSU is a team that is dangerous on both sides of the ball, but especially on the offensive side of the ball with quarterback Joe Burrow. I think LSU is a team that has a legitimate chance to win the whole thing. So what should they be afraid of? Well, we are so used to the LSU defense carrying the offense. This year, 
it kind of looks like the offense might be carrying the defense. The Tigers are allowing over 300 yards and 20 points a game. Now, you hear that and you say, well, that doesn't sound that bad. 300 yards, 20 points, who cares? But for all the talent that LSU has faced this year, they haven't really faced any of the top offenses in the nation just yet. And they still have a couple of really good offenses coming on their schedule. And the other thing that I would worry about if I was LSU, quarterback Joe Burrow, who has looked very good, he has been knocked around a few times this year. If he goes down, LSU will suddenly become very, very vulnerable. You better rest him up because LSU has a big one coming up. Next up, we have that team that is coming on LSU's schedule. And we have that team that is a favorite every single season in this era. And that, of course, is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Nick Saban, once again, has the Tide in contention. They are stomping every single team that they have seen on their schedule. This Alabama offense, I mean, seriously, it's something out of a video game. The Tide offense is averaging almost 50 points per game. What in the world could they possibly have to worry about? Well, I mean, right now, the primary concern has to be the health of superstar quarterback Tua Tagovailoa because Tua underwent another procedure on his high ankle sprain, a similar procedure to what he had done last year. They say it's going to fix everything. He is expected to be back in time to face LSU. But if Tua isn't 100%, yeah, Alabama should be very, very afraid. But that's not the only fear that Alabama has because while the Tide haven't faced one of the toughest schedules just yet, they have given up some points. I want you to think about this. And it's kind of weird to think about with Alabama because we're just so used to them always having a good defense. But Alabama allowed 23 points to South Carolina. Okay, that's not bad. 31 points to Ole Miss. Okay, that could be a problem. And 28 points to Texas A&M. Now, I think Nick Saban will have this team playing Pretty good defense down the stretch. But we have a good chance of seeing a shootout in a few weeks between Alabama and LSU. Who's going to come out on top? Because Alabama's defense, at times, has shown a penchant for giving up some points. And remember, when we think of Alabama losing to Clemson in those games, in the championships, what has done them in? Their defense has really, really struggled going to be very interesting to see Alabama and LSU coming up in a few weeks. Next up, the Clemson Tigers were the preseason favorite to win basically everything this year, but they haven't looked quite as strong as advertised, and there is actually quite a bit to be afraid of in Death Valley. The one thing the Tigers are not afraid of is their remaining schedule, because I mean, Wofford, North Carolina State, Wake Forest, and South Carolina, those teams probably aren't going to provide much of a test, and then Clemson gets to play whatever mess of an ACC team that makes it to the conference championship game. Probably going to be a cakewalk. So the schedule is very manageable for Clemson. But the Tigers do have plenty to fear. And bizarrely, it seems like one of the biggest concerns that they have is the play of sophomore quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Because it seems like he's trying to do too much. After winning the championship last year, we all expected Trevor Lawrence to just go completely crazy this year and make NFL scouts say, oh, I just wish he could come out. Anyway, we can pull back that rule, not allowing you know players after the sophomore year to come because we'll take Trevor Lawrence right now. 
We all expected that kind of season this year from Trevor Lawrence, except that he's kind of shown some flashes of being a sophomore. He's had eight interceptions. And remember, against a pretty soft schedule, his completion percentage has dropped a little. He is forcing throws. More importantly, he's making some bad decisions. Now you might say, okay, well, who cares? I mean, aside from that little brush with North Carolina, the Tigers have still been rolling. But remember, Clemson has played just one ranked team. Now, does that strength of schedule come back to bite them at some point? Well, I mean, it certainly could. And when they do have to face a tougher team and tougher defenses, what's Trevor Lawrence going to look like then? Clemson does have some worries. I know it doesn't seem like it because of the schedule that they have but they do have some things that they probably should be at least a little bit concerned about. Our final team today in college football. If I were assembling the top four teams, it's got to be the Ohio State Buckeyes, right? On Saturday, Ohio State completely steamrolled the Wisconsin Badgers. The game wasn't as close as the final score of 38-7 to might make you think. It was worse than that. The Buckeyes are absolutely cruising right now. Defensive end Chase Young... Looks like he might be the best player in college football. And Ohio State, on average, is beating their opponents by the score of 48-8. to What what could the Buckeyes possibly have to be afraid of? Well, if I was Ohio State, I would be afraid of a team that actually stops running back J.K. Dobbins. Because Dobbins is averaging over 7 yards per carry. And here's the thing. With all that success that he has... It takes a ton of pressure off of quarterback Justin Fields. Now, what if a team were capable of stacking the box, playing tight man-to-man outside for at least a few seconds where they could stop Dobbins and then force Fields to have to beat them by throwing the football down the field? Well, I mean, we've seen Justin Fields struggle at times this year. The Buckeyes are about to face some very tough tests in Penn State and in Michigan. Now we'll see if those fears become a reality, but if you want to beat Ohio State, if you have any chance of beating Ohio State, I think you have to limit J.K. Dobbins. We saw on Saturday against Wisconsin, Dobbins did whatever he wanted, and as a result, Justin Fields had all day to throw, and the Ohio State defense was fresh and getting after the Wisconsin offense. If someone could flip that a little bit, slow Dobbins down and put some pressure on Fields, I think that might be the only chance that a team might have to slow down that Ohio State team. Ohio State looks really, really good. Okay, coming back, we still need to get to the NFL. What should the top teams over in pro football be afraid of this Halloween? Got a couple of things we want to talk about there. Plus, we still need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5 today. And yes, it is a Halloween-flavored Daily Dose Top 5. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to get to everything right after this. So let's continue our look at what the top teams should be afraid of this Halloween. And let's finish off with the NFL, where once again, parody is king. I mean, when we look at the NFL, every team is basically designed to go like 8-8. and A few of them are a little bit better than 8-8. and Some of them are quite a bit better than 8-8. and But then a lot of them, yeah, they're quite a bit worse than 8-8. and But most teams, eh, they're right around the 500 mark. That's just how the NFL is going to be. But when I look at the NFL this year, I don't know if anyone is truly unbeatable. So what should the top teams in the NFL fear? And let's start with a team that looks like they might be the best, once again, 
in the NFL. Because, hey, the New England Patriots look like the team to beat yet again. Coming off of their Super Bowl win back in February, the Patriots are loaded defensively. I mean, remember, there were people prior to the season predicting that this team could go 19-0, and and they are on their way right now. They're still undefeated. The New England Patriots have to be absolutely fearless, right? Well, no, not quite. Because the Patriots do have some things that they should be afraid of. For one, their running game is basically non-existent. So far, the New England Patriots are averaging 3.3 yards per carry. And we know that doesn't take nearly enough heat off of quarterback Tom Brady, who, like we've talked about, he's getting hit a lot this year. He's getting sacked a lot, but he's also getting hit a lot. And those hits, I think, are even more important than the sacks. If Brady gets injured from all those hits, yeah, this season might spiral out of control very, very quickly for New England. That Patriots offensive line, they're not very good. And they're not allowing Brady to have enough time to set up and throw the football long down the field. And we know that is where Tom Brady is so dangerous. He's so accurate on the long balls down the field. For one, the Patriots can't protect Brady to throw those. And for two, the Patriots, I don't know if they have enough wide receivers to go get those because they are, again, struggling to find people to catch the football. They had Antonio Brown. He's gone. They had Josh Gordon. It looks like he is going to be gone. Of course, Rob Gronkowski is already gone. It's basically Julian Edelman. And then they had to go out and make a trade for Mohamed Sanu. The Patriots offense is hurting a little bit. So that Patriots defense had better be good because we could see their offense struggle if they have to score, say, more than 24 points against a decent opponent. I don't know if the Patriots are going to be able to do that. And we saw on Sunday, as good as the Patriots defense is, you might be able to have a little bit of success running the ball against him. And if you do, then you could keep Tom Brady off the field completely. Along those lines, also keep in mind, the Patriots have played a very, very soft schedule. That is going to ramp up in the second half of the season. We'll see the Patriots get a little bit more tested. But I'll guarantee Bill Belichick has these fears. I guarantee he's looking at them and saying, hey, we've got to make sure we shore these areas up because that is how teams are going to try to attack us. The next team that I would put in terms of like an overall power ranking would probably be the New Orleans Saints, who got Drew Brees back on Sunday from that thumb injury. And hey, New Orleans can flat out play with anyone. And you know what's crazy? We learned over the past few weeks that the Saints can actually still win without Drew Brees. They went 5-0. and against some pretty good teams with backup Teddy Bridgewater in the lineup. The defense stepped up, they played really well, and the Saints look like they just might be the team to beat in the NFC. I think it's going to be very tight, but I'll put them in that conversation. So what do the New Orleans Saints need to be afraid of? Okay, don't take this the wrong way. Because please understand, Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. His name is all over the record books. And deservedly so. His accuracy can just be so deadly when he's on. Drew Brees could absolutely torch you. But if there is one flaw to Drew Brees' game, and we have seen it throughout his career, at times, Drew Brees will throw the ball to the wrong team. He will try to force the ball at times a little too much. He'll put the football in some dangerous spots. But 
in order to force those throw from Breeze, you've got to stop that Saints running game and you have to run the ball a little bit yourselves to get Drew Breeze good and impatient standing on the sideline and just saying, okay, just let me in there. I will throw the ball around and I will make some things happen. And then you have the chance for Drew Brees to throw the ball to the wrong team. Never forget last year when the Saints got robbed in that NFC Championship game. There's no question about that. Brees could have led a game-winning drive. Instead, he threw a pick. That has to be a fear for the New Orleans Saints. You know, there's another team over in the NFC that we really haven't talked that much about here on the dose, primarily because I'm not entirely sure what to make of them. But that is the San Francisco 49ers. But they look like they might be legitimate. And I think the biggest reason for the Niners' success is that defense. I mean, they are getting after people. They are putting huge pressure on opposing quarterbacks. But they're also running the ball effectively. And they are putting up big points. The San Francisco 49ers are now 7-0. and And I can't believe I'm saying this, but they're in the hunt for home field advantage. On Sunday, they hang a 50-burger on the Carolina Panthers. So, should the 49ers be afraid of anything right now? Maybe not. But, they haven't really played a very tough schedule so far. In fact, their schedule ranks number 19 in the league, so it's been quite a bit below average. Now, maybe that would come back to bite them when it gets tougher in the second half. We'll see. But the one fear I would have for the San Francisco 49ers is what will quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo do when the chips are down and the pressure is on. I'm not saying he's going to fail. I'm saying we have no idea. We don't know what he'll do. We've never seen him in that situation before. Maybe it's going to work out great, and we're going to say, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo really is the next Tom Brady, like we all thought when he was New England. Or maybe it won't. But if a team slows down San Francisco's running game, and they force Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them, can he do it? I don't know but I would be a little bit afraid. I bet we're going to find that out in the second half of the season though. Our final NFL team to look at today, at least right now, I would have to say would be the Green Bay Packers. Hey, the Packers are now 7-1. and They have wins over the Kansas City Chiefs. They've already beaten the Minnesota Vikings. They are in control of the NFC North. Hey, Aaron Rodgers is playing excellent football. And every time I watch the Packers, it just seems like running back Aaron Jones seems to go crazy and he does something else to impress me. The Packers are definitely looking like a team to deal with once we get to the postseason. But they do still have some fears. For one, I know that A.A. Ron is playing well with head coach Matt LaFleur right now, but I mean, if adversity strikes, couldn't we all kind of see that go bad at some point? You done messed up, A.A. Ron! You know, the fear that I would truly have, though, for the Packers is the fact that their defense, which we keep being told is one of the best in the league. Do you realize that defense is allowing over 375 yards per game? Okay, that's a lot, but they're not giving up that many points. But here is the thing that is a little bit scarier for the Green Bay Packers. That Packers defense is allowing over 124 yards per game on the ground. Now, think about that. Down the stretch, I fully expect their opponents to just try to go out and grind out yards on the ground and then keep Aaron Rodgers and that offense completely off the field. And when you look at some of the top teams over in the NFC, obviously San Francisco and New Orleans, maybe a Dallas, maybe a Seattle, some of those teams could be designed 
to do exactly that. We'll have to see if Green Bay is able to overcome those fears and maybe overcome that bad rush defense. Now, as we do every single week, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Five! Of course, tomorrow is Halloween, and maybe you already went to your Halloween parties over the weekend. But maybe you haven't. Maybe you're still going to a Halloween party tomorrow night. Maybe you're going to go, I don't know, trick-or-treating. Maybe going to a haunted house tomorrow night. Well, as usual, here at The Daily Dose, we are in the business of helping people. So maybe you're still looking for that perfect Halloween costume idea. Well, guess what? We have some Halloween costume ideas for you. So let's count down the Daily Dose Top 5 2019 Halloween Costumes. Got some ideas here for you, folks. And most of them are pretty simple. You're going to be able to take care of these. Let's start off at number five. Five. Okay, so maybe you and a few friends are looking for a costume to wear kind of as a group. Here is one. It's going to be super simple for you. You go get a few white sheets for your friends. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. The white sheets are going to serve as ghost costumes for your friends. So maybe you got to paint the eyes on them, whatever you need to do. You're going to be ghosts, okay? Those ghosts are going to follow you around all night wherever you go. Now for you, you are going to dress up in your New York Jets uniform and your number 14 jersey. And yes, you are going to be New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold, who announced on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago that he was seeing ghosts. We're going to keep bringing it. Seeing ghosts. Yeah, probably not the best thing to say when you're mic'd up for a national game, Sam Darnold. And then it was actually pretty funny because once that was released, Jets head coach Adam Gates was all mad that ESPN showed it. Like, what did you expect them to do? It's good content for them. If you don't like it, don't let your quarterback be mic'd up. I mean, why wouldn't they show it? Also, if you really want to sell this Sam Darnold costume that you have going, maybe you try coughing, I don't know, scratching yourself. Then you can really sell the Sam Darnold costume also with a touch of mono. <gasps> You've got to commit here, people. That's what I'm saying. Sam Darnold comes in at number five. We move on to number four. And here we have the costume for the ladies. Now, we have all been to those Halloween parties and we always know there are certain females out there, they're always going to try to make things sexy. Whether it's sexy schoolgirl or sexy Mr. Rogers or sexy Barney the dinosaur, we all know there are certain ladies that like to make things sexy. Did you notice, by the way, how I refrained from using the word slutty? Big props to me on that because we were all thinking it, but I didn't say it. Okay, so this costume is going to be easy. Go get the NFL jersey of one Chicago Bears quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Cut the neck out a little bit to reveal some serious cleavage, ladies. And you're done. Enjoy the party and enjoy the extra attention you're about to receive because you are now Mitchell Trubisky. And you are looking, well, let's just say a little bit busty, much like Mitch Trubisky is. The Bears are now in last place in the NFC North as they lost on Sunday to the underachieving Los Angeles Chargers. But on the season, Trubisky is not looking so good. He has 10 touchdowns. 
He has three interceptions. His yards per pass is just over five yards. That ranks him 33rd out of 32 teams. His quarterback rating is 26th in the league. He is actually behind other quarterbacks like Jameis Winston and Joe Flacco. And no, we all keep waiting for Mitchell Trubisky to get good all of a sudden, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be happening anytime soon. And Bears head coach Matt Nagy, he like seems completely unaware of this whole situation. He's like, what do you mean Mr. Trubisky's bad? He's awesome. I keep asking him to throw the ball like 25 times a game. What's wrong with that? Trubisky shouldn't attempt 25 passes all season. Busty Mr. Trubisky is our number four Halloween costume in 2019. Okay, we move on to number three. And this one, it's going to take a little bit more work, but maybe in the past for other Halloween parties, maybe you've gone as like a zombie before. So maybe you have the makeup. Maybe you have the tattered clothes in a box somewhere, I don't know, in storage or in the garage or something. Hey, go put on the clothes, put on the makeup. So you stagger into the party or you go trick-or-treating. Now, are you a zombie searching for brains on The Walking Dead? No, no, you're not. Because see, your tattered clothes consist of khaki pants and a University of Michigan shirt. But after that curb stomping of Notre Dame on Saturday, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is suddenly back from the dead. It's alive! Now, can Jim Harbaugh stay alive? I'm not sure. You might have to ask me after the Wolverines play Ohio State in a few weeks, but for right now, did any of us expect Jim Harbaugh to be alive? No, but it seems like he's back from the dead. Jim Harbaugh comes in at number three. We move on to our number two entry. And as usual here at The Dose, we are trying to keep up with the hot stories in 2019. And of course, one of the most popular sports figures this year is once again, Los Angeles Lakers superstar LeBron James. So rush out and get your Lakers gear on. You can dress up as King James this Halloween, but we do have a few alterations for your costume this year. First, when you put on that LeBron headband, make sure there is apparently like some fake wig hair connected to it. Did you see that clip over the weekend? LeBron is on the floor playing, and from the bench, teammate Anthony Davis tells him his hair is messed up or something, and LeBron adjusts his hairband or headband or whatever it is, and his hairline kind of moves with it. Is LeBron James wearing a little hair hat every day? Not two, not three. Not four, not five. What in the world is going on there? But here is one added feature to make your costume just a little bit more realistic this year. Have your pockets stuffed with Chinese yuan currency and have it just falling out of your pockets everywhere. Oh no, you didn't. Hey, that totally sells the LeBron James uniform and makes everything that much more realistic. LeBron James comes in at number two. Finally, we reach our number one entry on our 2019 Daily Dose Halloween costumes, and I am going to go with something a little bit close to home. But once again, it's a simple costume, and it gives you a ton of leeway to have as much fun as you want on Halloween. Now, I'm going to preface it with this. This costume at number one, it is just for the adults. Sorry, kids. You're out. Stay in school. But if you are an adult... And if you are attending an adult Halloween party, or maybe you just want to dress up when you take the kids out trick-or-treating, then our number one entry 
gives you the excuse to drink all you want. Hammer back all the drinks you possibly can. And then once you do, start making terrible decisions. Call your boss up. Tell them what you really think of them. Throw up in the coat closet. Hey, everybody. Look, I'm the funniest guy in the world. (laughs) You're the king. Keep signing terrible quarterbacks year after year after year. Don't fix your offensive line. Bungle draft picks. And no matter how many people tell you that you're making a spectacle of yourself, just keep plowing ahead with your illogical behavior. Because then, folks, you are dressed up this year for Halloween as the one, the only, number seven in your program, but number one on our list, Denver Broncos general manager John Elway, who keeps failing at rebuilding my beloved Broncos back into contenders, but he just keeps getting drunk and plowing ahead. Hey, next week on The Dose, we are going to start taking a look at the NBA and college basketball seasons, but you know we're also going to talk some NFL, we'll talk some college football, and we'll talk any other breaking news that might come along. Plus, we will have a Daily Dose Top 5 for you, so you know you need to tune in for that. Hey, I have to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening to The Daily Dose every week. Thank you so much for the emails. Thank you for the texts. Thank you for the tweets. But more than anything, thank you so much for sharing the show, for reaching out to a coworker or a friend or a family member and letting them know about a new podcast they should check out. Go check out The Daily Dose. We absolutely love it when you do that. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. Have a great week, everyone. I will see you all next Wednesday. Have a safe and happy Halloween. I want to be John Elway.